We've been going through, well, I want to talk a little bit more. I get distracted. Uh, first of all, want to thank you, Sir David. You didn't have to, you know, we could have collaborated a little more of that, and you didn't even have to bring up Casey. It could have been something we did together. <laughs> so I, I don't have a joke. I don't have any, you know, anything. I had Dave, but Dave gave Casey credit. God bless you, brother. Just really happy about that, as you can tell. Hey, Matt, do something with that where it works, will you? Have you tried turning it off? No, just get it working. So um, we've been going through, well, we wanted to give you some visual. We've just been back, I think we're going into our third week from Cambodia. And we put that together to give you a visual of some of the things that are taking place. Casey and Jordan roughly uh, worked with anywhere from 80 to 100 kids, probably closer to 100 out there uh, every day for about three days. And then we moved on into uh, working with just the leaders for a while. And we had just a great trip. Uh, you know, it's, Cambodia's right up my alley. And let me tell you why. One thing is it's 90 degrees. And their shoe of choice are flip-flops. Yeah, thank you. Hello. I'm telling you. So um, downside is, I don't know if I could find a pair to fit me. I guess if I look long enough, I could. Anyways, so we've been going through Ephesians. And uh, last week, Casey did a wonderful job talking about working together, being a community the idea of the heart of God, us coming together. And also, I think he did a great job, the idea of how the enemy wants to come in and conquer and divide, separate us, pull us apart. And, I mean, the devil's been at it for, since the beginning of time. And I thought Casey did a great job. And then we had um, Jacob and Daniel, the, the weeks before that, just talking about that first half of Ephesians, which Casey alluded to, that was really the half to be preaching out of. I mean, there's a lot of good information in their identity in Christ and everything. And, um, and so, but somebody has to do the hard work, right, Casey? Somebody's got to show up and unpack the Bible. So um, the first half, we, get our, we really see our identity. You, you talk about the redemption. You talk about the life, the God. And the second half is a little more challenging. It's our response, how we live it out. And so, and that's where Casey started out with uh, Ephesians 4. What do we know? What do we know about um, so far? What do, we, what do we learn and what do we know? We know that Paul the Apostle was the one that founded and started the church. We know that he wrote it while he was imprisoned in Rome. We also had learned that Ephesus was a leading, uh, like a capital of Asia Minor there. We know that it was the, the temple of Diana, the Roman uh, word Artemis for the Greeks. And we know that it's uh, one of the largest temples in the regions, and it's known even today as one of the seven wonders of the world. We also know that it had an open-air arena that would sit 
50,000 people. Yeah. And we also know something that hasn't been said yet, so I'm going to go on record in saying it, is that the word Ephesus means darling or desired one. So, you know, I don't know what that, if that means anything, but anyways. Paul spent a short time in Ephesus on his way back from Antioch on what is known as his second missionary, missionary journey. On his third missionary journey, he stayed there for three years. There was a lot of things that took place there. Um, he uh, set one uh, soothsayer free from, from being demon-possessed, which started a riot in the city. Uh, one of the, uh, they would make uh, idols of the goddess Diana because the temple of Diana was there in Ephesus. And Demetrius was pretty ticked about that because he was losing business because he had this uh, soothsayer who would, he would use to draw people into his business. And so that kind of started a big riot. Um, we also know that when he, in Acts 19, we also know when he received there, he uh, led, um, he, he prayed for 15 or 12 disciples of John the Baptizer received the, the, the presence of the Holy Spirit. We also know that on his way from there, as he was going through there, on his way to Jerusalem, there in Acts 20, he had the elders of Ephesus come and meet him. And um, I'm going to catch me up right now. Here we go. I want to read that through because it really, really does define who Paul is. He's having this last meeting with the elders there from Ephesus. He's on the coast, and he's there, and he's picking up in verse 18. He says this, When they arrived, you know that, you know that from the day that I, I first set, stepped foot in the province of Asia until now, I have done the Lord's work humbly and with many tears. I've endured the trials that come to me from the plots of the Jews. I never shrank back from telling you what you needed to hear, either publicly or in your homes. I have, heard, I have had the message of... Excuse me. I have had one message for the Jews and the Greeks alike. The necessity of repenting from sin and turning to God and having faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 22, he goes on and says, And now I am bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. And I don't know what awaits me, except that the Holy Spirit tells me in the city, after city, that I'm going to be in jail and I'm going to suffer. And suffering lies ahead. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it to finish the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. And now I know 
that none of you to whom I have preached the kingdom will ever see me again. I declare today that I have been faithful. If anyone suffers eternal death, it's not my fault. For I didn't shrink from declaring all that God wants wants you to know. So guard yourself as God's people. Feed and shepherd God's flock, His church. Purchased by His blood. Over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you leaders. I know that false teachers like like vicious wolves will come in among you. Will come in among after I leave. Not sparing the flock. Even some men from their own groups will rise up and destroy the truth in order to draw a following. Watch out! Remember the three years that I was with you. My constant watch over you. My conscience, my con... My continuous watch over you. Night and day. And my many tears for you. And now I entrust you to God and the message of grace that enables you to build up and give you the inheritance with all those he has set apart for himself. I have never coveted any silver or gold or fine clothes. You know that with these hands of mine I worked to supply my own needs and even the needs of others. And I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. As the Lord said, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Then he had finished speaking. He knelt down and he prayed with them. And they all cried as they embraced and they kissed him goodbye. They were sad. Mostly because he had said that they would never see him again. That is the man, Paul. That reveals his heart probably more so than anything written. And so when I think of Paul, I see him as an example of somebody that we could strive to to absorb and understand why he said the things he said. This morning I want to talk about taking off your grave clothes and putting on your grace clothes. How do we live victoriously? How do we walk through this life with some sense of overcoming? And obviously the simple answer is to say yes to Jesus like every moment of your life. I won't charge you for that one. But anyways. But picking up. You know, we're 
We're called to live as children of the light. Jesus is the way maker, and he's not done yet. Powerful words. He's the way maker. We sing those songs. I mean, I, I, the songs, the words as we sing it, I'm going, my goodness. Lord, make that reality of my heart. Make it the substance of my life, Right? So picking up, if you have your scriptures or you're turning through on your device, turn to chapter 3 of Ephesians, beginning with verse 17. So Paul starts as he's writing there in Ephesus. And remember, his heart is to give all he has to those around him. And he starts and he says, With the Lord's authority I say this, Live no longer as the Gentiles do. For they are hopelessly confused. Now, who's a Gentile? Everybody that isn't a Jew. Okay? Everybody that isn't a Jew is a Gentile. For they live hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they choose they choose, they've, closed, excuse me, they've closed their minds and they've hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasures and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. They're dead men and women walking. You went, man, that's a hard word. Yeah, it is. If you, now look, I understand if you're here this morning and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, you're probably saying, who is that idiot? But I'm telling you right now, you just stay, hang in there because Jesus has a life, a life for you. He has a purpose for your life. And that purpose will overcome everything that's trying to drag you down. Everything. So Paul, as he's talking to the believers in Ephesus, saying, you were once like this, dead men and women walking, and they're still out there doing it. Walking. And then he continues to go on and unpack it. Matter of fact, I think, I think of this scripture, as I, before we go too much further, is Isaiah 5.20, where it says, What sorrow for those who say that evil is good and good is evil. The prophet Isaiah. What sorrow it is for those. That dark is light and light is dark. Does that kind of feel like that's going on in today's world? Good is evil, evil is good. You don't have to watch media very long, do you? But bitter is sweet, and sweet is bitter. What sorrow for those who are wise in their own eyes and think themselves so clever. Ouch. And then we have 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4. It says, If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil... It is hidden only from the people who are perishing. Satan 
who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand the message about the glory of Christ, who is exact likeness of God. All right. So I'm going to make this as, I'm going to downsize this because I'm like a six-year-old six thinker. There's two standards. Two. How many fingers there? Thank you very much. There's the devil and there's Jesus. And then there's everything in between. That's it. You're serving one or the other. That's it. I know I'm ruffling feathers out there. So what? There are really only two standards in life. And we are trying to make evil good and good and evil. We're trying to make light dark and dark light. It's everywhere. The work, you know, Paul says it so clearly here to the Corinthian church. It is the work of the enemy to erode our spiritual life. And that's what he's saying here in Ephesians. Without Christ, you and I are dead people walking. And look, I, I, I've been, I don't have to think, I think back in my upbringing and the things I was a part of and blah, 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 blah. It's very, it's plain for me to see. I was a dead man walking. And I didn't know it until I tasted the goodness of Jesus. I didn't know it. I thought I was okay. I did everything but kill. And no, I, yeah, everything but kill. Let's go on. Verse 20. But that isn't what you have learned about Christ. Since you have, since you have heard about Jesus and you've learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your formal way of life, which is corrupted by the lust and the deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitude. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Wow! I mean, that's, if there was any time ever, at least this week, you should say amen is right there. That was a wimpy amen, by the way. I'm just saying. If I were you and I was sitting down there, I'd go, amen. That wasn't bad, was it? Anyways. Thank you very much. Some years back when John Wimber, the founder of the Vineyard, was still with us, he did a, he did a conference called Holiness Unto the Lord. And Lisa and I, and we went, and it changed my world. Because I thought I was okay. And they'd have these, these speakers, and, and we'd get prayer. I thought I was okay. But the Spirit of God touched my heart in such a powerful way that he said to me, he says, Daryl, there's things in your life that draw you from me. There's things that you think about, the things that you allow yourself to do, the things you allow your eyes to go and your ears to listen to erode your spiritual life. 
erode your spiritual life. And I have been on a journey ever since. What Paul is saying here, you were at one point dead people walking. But he says, no longer is that you are men and women of the light. You are men and women walking in the light of Christ. And so let's go on to verse 25. Two standards. God of this world and the God of the universe. Two standards. That's all there is. Let's don't complicate it. Let's keep it simple. Main and plain. Simple better for me. So anyways, going on, verse 25. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth. For we are all part of the same body. And don't sin by letting your anger control you. You're marked that. Don't let your anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. Right? Some of us, and just this kind of a prophetic sense, the idea of telling, some of us nurture anger too much. It's become your friend. Matter of fact, you feel more complete by being angry than not. But you don't have to walk out those doors that way. Verse 28. If you're a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work. And then give generously to those, to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. How many of you still dealing with potty mouth? I know, it could be worse. No. If that's what you're dealing with, that's the worst. Might be worse for somebody else. Anyways, letting everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Wow. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all, ty- all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. Now, I think Paul's unpacked this pretty well. He's unpacked the carnal nature, the fallen nature, and then he's given us a word picture of what it means to walk in the light. He's given us a word picture. And reading these words and just reading them sounds pretty doable and easy, right? And then you wake up in the morning. And life comes at you. What do we do? Let me give you kind of a a word picture with this. 
What he's telling us is take off. Paul's saying take off. Take off lies, anger, theft, gossip, gossip, revenge, promiscuity. He says take them off. So those of you that are dealing with pornography, there's deliverance for you today. Those of you that love those romance novels that are rated X, there's deliverance for us, for those. And this is what he says. And he says, take that off. Just like it's a word picture of clothing, right? Take it off like it's a jacket that Dead man, dead person walking. Take it off. Take off the grave clothes and put on the amazing grace clothes that looks like this. This is what we're putting on. Truth. Peace. Generosity. Encouragement. Forgiveness. Self-control. And there's numerous scriptures that back this up from Jesus to Paul to Tim, all, it does, uh, Peter, John. They just back this up all through the New Testament. Matter of fact, it says in Romans, instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord. Jesus Christ. And don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. You might want to write that down in a fridge or on a mirror or something like that. Write it down in your hand. And when you wake up in the morning, go and read it. How's that? I think that's a good idea. But we're being invited to leave that old person behind and walk in the newness that Christ has died and redeemed us to be a part of. And you can, because he is the way maker and he's not done with you yet. Right? I know this morning, yesterday, last night, whatever, you can think of things right now that you're saying, man, I'm just ashamed that I let that happen. Right now it can change. You're one prayer away from change. All of us are. Whether you know Christ or whether you don't know Christ, we're one prayer away from change. That's how it works. Always. Living a life of what we call repentance. I'm just going to take a little break right there. We'll come back and finish up. I want to take our offering. And I just want to begin by saying thank you. Just thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for giving when, when you know it's hard. Thank you, whether, it, whether it's a dollar or a hundred dollars. I just thank you. Whether it's 50 cents or $50, we say thank you. We are so grateful for your faithfulness. And it's a great time to put that card, our Connect card in there.
So as I finish up, let's have the worship team come forward. Now, I want you, if you can, just kind of use your imagination. Just, just kind of sit there, and I want you to listen to these three, but we'll call them three different options, if you will. Just kind of playing off of Cherish's announcement a little bit. But just, just think about this. You are an individual that desires to be from, desires to be free from your dependence. You want to be free from your dependence on your possessions, because they see they they seem to possess you or hinder you from fully following Christ, and you want to be free from those things. You have good intentions. You remain busy on your daily demands. And you end your life still thinking about getting rid of those things. Getting rid of those those possessions. Desiring to fully follow Jesus. But you haven't done so just yet. Your life is still characterized by a lot of talk and no action. Now think of this person. Different. You're an individual who wants, who would like to be free yourself from the attachments that get in your way of relating to God. You believe that working harder will bring you more freedom. You're willing to do just about anything. I mean anything. But you face many hindrances or the ability to follow Jesus. You may do any number of things, all the while avoiding the real issue. Your life is characterized by doing everything but the one necessary thing. Now think of this person. You're an individual desiring to be rid of all attachments that get in the way of following Jesus. Your desire is to be sensitive to the movement of the Holy Spirit in your life and to be ready and willing to follow to follow the Lord's lead. You're an individual seeking to arrive at a place where you want neither to retain your possessions nor to give them away unless God directs you to do so. Your life is characterized by a desire to hear and respond to Jesus' invitation. My suspicion is we all fall into one of these three categories. And the deal is, is you come and you hold it loosely before Jesus and say, help. Help. And trust me, when we say help, Jesus helps. Let's worship.
Let's stand. Jealous for me, love like a hurricane. I am a tree bending beneath the weight of the wind. Mercy, when all of a sudden I am aware of these affections eclipsed by glory. Just how beautiful you are and before me. Oh, how he loves us so. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, he loves us. like a hurricane I am a tree bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy all of a sudden I am unaware of his affections eclipsed by glory I only lies just how beautiful you are Oh, how he loves us so. Oh, how he loves us. How he loves us so. He is our pride. 
drawn to redemption by the grace in his eyes. May the notion feel all taken Heaven be scurred like a sloppy wet kiss. Hey, I am my chest. I don't have much. And then I think about the love of Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Just, just remain standing with me, if you will. I, I want a ministry team to come forward. We live in a time, ever since what we call the greatest generation, which was a post-World War II generation, where morality is a, has been eroded so quickly. Every decade, it, you know, we're calling evil good and good evil. 